Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the final weird show. I'm your host, Paul Mayton. I'm joined by Chris Pajak, by Ben Kelly, and by Ross Chanley. We're going to talk about Liverpool's 1-1 draw at Old Trafford yesterday. Uh, but first, just want to tell you, this podcast and video is in association with The Athletic. They've got a fantastic offer. Chris Pajak, what is that offer? 60% off your yearly subscription, Amazing. Paul. It's a flash sale. It's only available this week. You can either click the link in the description, or you can go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash rmtv60 to get your 60% percent off well worth it if you ask me mate absolutely fantastic stuff um there's a quote uh, james pierce has done something in the in the aftermath of the of the match on sunday um a quote from which is liverpool top of the league echoed around old trafford shortly after the final whistle however this was a defiant rendition rather than the booming celebration that the three thousand strong traveling cop had envisaged that full article is there on the website please do go and read it obviously after you finish watching or listening to this show um it's an interesting point because I, I think that the pre-match anticipation was was very very high for this game. You know, all the talk around this one was look, Man United are probably the, probably the worst Man United side that's been in the Premier League era. I don't think there's any there's still any doubts over that. Um, the best Liverpool side that's been in the Premier League era. I think that's there may be some room for debate, but for me, I think that's the case. And, and surprised if anyone's debating that. Yeah, um, we are on the internet. Um, the <laughs> but. It didn't end up being the game I think we all wanted it to be, which goes without saying, we always want to beat Manchester United, but it did feel like this could have been some sort of like, I don't know, like crowning achievement, somehow finding a time to, to, to really show our strength, go to Old Trafford and really do a number on them, and um, it just never materialised. No, it didn't, and I don't think Liverpool played particularly well, if I'm honest with you. I think we started quite poorly. I think Manchester United probably deserve a little bit of credit for how they set up. They'd obviously seen the games against Sheffield United and Salzburg and Sheffield United and, and identified that... the Sheffield United came twice. That's really, Sheffield United that's twice. incredible preparation. So I think, well, maybe they did. Maybe maybe Sir Alex Ferguson watched it once and gave his feedback and Ali watched it another time and gave his, which was ignored completely. Um, but look, Liverpool have struggled, I think, this season when a team has had two strikers up against us and you know they've got on one-on-one situations with the centre-halves and Manchester United engineered that situation a few times. I actually thought the analysis was really good on Match of the Day about that uh, from Murphy and, and Darren Fletcher. Um well, Liverpool just didn't get into the game. Klopp made his tactical changes and stuff. And you're right, Liverpool probably should go there. And, and nine times out of ten, we do beat this Manchester United side because we are a better side and a better run football club at the moment. And, and it's disappointing, ultimately, that we didn't get three points. Yeah, it was... Um, 
it, we were just we were just terrible in the first half, Ben. Genuinely, like you know, I think that me and Chris had talked about it on the instant match reaction show about how you know the game plan is clearly maybe to, to try and silence the old the old the old traffic crowd and what have you. And really, by a lack of invention on our part, I think we did the opposite. I think we we we, we involved them. And you know, we're talking about a game where Man United had less than you know significantly less than forty percent possession, and they still only had two shots on target in the whole game. So it's not like they put together a vintage Manchester United performance. But as a result, you wanted to see more from Liverpool in that first half, and we and we barring one or two little flashes. It wasn't there for. Yeah, I um, I, I, obviously going into the game, the the news about Salah was obviously starting mm-hmm. to rumour and all that that he, that he wasn't going to be in the squad, he wasn't going to be fit. And then when the team news was announced and Klopp was asked about it before the game, Dreffshire sort of asked him, you know, how do you think that Liverpool, how, how do you set up differently when Salah is in the side? And Klopp said that I, kind of sticking with me now he said Salah makes you know a lot of important runs behind that we're not perhaps going to have today because yeah. obviously he started Manny on the right and I think actually we did miss him because what it meant was for me that Man United could commit their wing backs a little bit further forward and yeah. not have to worry about Salah perhaps you know make, making these inward runs or, well, or outward runs Salah's been doing this he's yeah. been that out ball all season yeah. I think he's been playing a bit more as a traditional winger hasn't he you mm. know in, in yeah. that regard Sheffield United is a great example of that he, he plays very very wide so you know it, it, it could it's not something yeah. I thought about during the game but you, you definitely and then just as a result I think I don't know I, I don't know if the midfield was a little bit stale obviously Genie started the game quite well but disappeared I don't think Henderson and play particularly well. Things seem to change when we freshen things up. But overall, it was just while I went into the game expecting us to to, to perhaps get all three points, I wasn't surprised by what I was seeing either. It feels like we watch this game every single year. We go to Old Trafford. Mm. We we seem to be playing a lot of long balls, and which I distinctly remember he did in March as well when we went there and drew nil nil. I don't understand. Why every single season we go, it doesn't really matter how well we're playing or what what run of win, wins we're on. Yeah. We just never seem to show up there, and it's it's really frustrating because for the this is the third season in a row now. The, the seventeen eighteen we lost the game last season. We should have won because they had about five injured players yeah. in the in the fir, in the first half an hour, and this season we just never got going again. And I don't know what it is about that place or Man United or, or what it's 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 it, it, but it was really frustrating. It feels like I'm watching the same game I, every year. Ross, I genuinely felt at times like, and, it, and it, it's eased by the fact that we go and get the get get a point from it, of course. But I, I just feel like we shit the bed at Old Trafford sometimes, you know, and, and I, I don't know whether that's like, and I, I reference it somewhere, it's a little bit like when Everton come to Anfield in that regard, like there's just something there that doesn't vibe with them, whether it's the crowd or whether it's the occasion or whatever, and we don't feel like, and and some of this is of course in Manchester United's approach, which we'll talk about, but the it didn't feel like we played, we we weren't our best selves. I don't think. I don't think the players on that pitch performed. That Klopp used the word predictable in how in, in how we played. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. Probably the international break. We've always. I think we've got better at it in recent times. But having that that rhythm that we had a, a, a wins and people going away and then coming back and stuff doesn't help. United. I think Old Trafford. I think will probably affect anyone. Their crowd were obviously up for that game and, and a bit different. But I think like you tried to allude to, there was the way that they set up. Like it's all well and good having Trent and Robbo as your you know your outlets of attacking play. But like when they push up to two wing backs pretty high and take them out the game, I think this is where the, I haven't recognised before, but the, the cry for a creative midfielder in certain types of games, I think it showed later on, which I know we'll come to. But once you take them two out, we don't have those people that can, can move forward. And like you said, Genie was probably the one for 20, 25 minutes that, that looked to do something, but we don't have that that other person to go and take it on, on the front foot. 
at the start of that game. So you don't need that industrious midfield. But I think it was a tactical change from United that we weren't expecting, plus Salah. Plus I think if I feel sorry for Robbo because he doesn't have the same rhythm and relationship with Origi mm-hmm. and trust probably yeah. to get forward and make those runs in behind because Origi's not money. And that's yeah. not criticism of Origi, he's just, he's just not money. When you put money on the other side, I think it affects Robbo's game and I think it kind of had a knock-on effect on everything. You and think, yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. Block as well, probably. Well, you're getting the ball to Mane, you trust Mane in possession, Mane will hold, you know, he's just he's just better at football, isn't he, than Divock Origi. I think if you look at their first, if you look at their goal, Robbo does trust Mane, uh, does trust Origi, apologies. He, he plays the ball in mm. and he goes... And it's because Robbo goes and there's a foul on Origi that they get in behind. You know, so he does have that trust, but ultimately you're, you're exactly right. Manny probably controls that ball regardless. Falls on the ball or something yeah. like that, you know. Just that maybe a little bit Not a lack of trust, but a lack of ability. He's, he's just not Manny's yeah. level, is he? Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't sticking with him. And I've, I've seen loads of people tell me that Origi had a really good game. And I disagree. I, I think he had a really good two and a half minutes at the start yeah. that everybody remembers. Mm. And I think other than that, I don't think he really did very much at all. I think we struggled to get Mane in the game at all first half, but when he did and when he was in the game, he was the one that was looking dangerous. You know, he whips that ball in for Firmino. Firmino gets his shot off. He obviously gets that, gets the goal and it's shot off for, for handball. But when Origi's playing on that left-hand side, he's not Mane. And when Mane's on the right-hand side, he's not Salah and he's not Mane either because he's playing in a completely different mm-hmm. way. He's looking to get around the outside. He's not driving in and looking to get a shot off in the same way. So he's not hes not even trying to be a, a Salah light. He's trying to be Mane, right winger, and that's different again. So both sides were set up differently. The issue is, I think we've... we've we, and, and Klopp, again, Klopp kind of referenced it. We, we come up against sides that look to defend for the, for the lives. And, you know, yes, there's times when they've... You know, you can normally say it's a, a, a three... Five two or whatever you want, but also that becomes very easily five at the back for, for Man United as well. We're going to come up against lesser teams who are going to defend for the lives, and we're going to beat them because we're much better than they are. But you know it's worth noting they have got a good, there's a decent defence. They've got a very good goalkeeper. Harry Maguire is a good centre half. Lindelof's fine. Wan Bissaka is a good defender. You know is a good fullback. And as much as kind of he gets pilloried. Young, I've never seen Young. Young's never had a bad game against us at left back. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, so you know when you've got a team, and, and I think it's something Klopp talked about. He's saying like it's, and I think it's one of those. It's a bit of a slide dig because he's like, look, it's not. I'm not criticizing Man United and saying this is how they play. It's not for me to be wound up by how Manchester United play. Basically, alluding to look at whether it's their owners or their fans or whatever, accepting yeah. that level of shite for the amount of money invested in it, but. This is the thing, and this is what Mourinho, Mourinho sides did. When teams of much better players play the brand of footy that, like you know, lesser lesser like play, it's it's going to be harder to break down. And when you add into that, I call it bravery in post match content, but Klopp called it predictability. We weren't doing, we were there were no sparks from that team. You need moments of magic. You need people to to really grab the game and really step it up. I thought, and I thought Genie Van Alden tried to do that, Chris, but I don't. Not enough of our players had that had that 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 impetus, and that's I think it comes back to Ross's conversation point. We saw it, albeit when you know we're chasing the game right at the end. I think it's a different balance. Maybe if you start the game, but it, the introduction of the subs showed that when you bring players on who are more comfortable on the ball, who are more comfortable driving forward with the ball, they the, that's how you cause problems against sides that are going to sit deep against you. I think so. Yeah, and I think you know. Naby Keita, I believe, only came on in about the 83rd minute, didn't he? And we scored in like the 86, was it? I mean, it felt like Naby did so much in 12 minutes or something he like that. He as many forward passes pretty much as Henderson and, and, and he, he was. He was brilliant and I love the way that he, he, 
the, the big struggle I thought Liverpool had first half, and I'll come on to Naby off the back of it, is when we got the ball, Man United were tearing in at us, like really pressing fast. And I th- I wondered whether when the substitutions were made, how 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 long does it take to sub to get into the rhythm of the game and the speed of the game? Because it was very fast. Yeah. But Naby just come on, put his foot on the ball, a couple of little shoulder shakes, holds the man, gives himself a couple of seconds, and he was the first player to really do that yeah. since the first 20 minutes when Wijnaldum did it. And then he was able to just play those forward passes and trust. Firmino's touch got better as the game went on. I think that had a big deal to do with it as well. The introduction of Ox was good. And we just looked much calmer in possession and because we were a little bit calmer mentally we were able to start picking those forward passes out and some of this is obviously them just sitting in at this point they're, they're getting you know, tired as well getting tired and obviously looking to defend for their lives a little, a, a little bit so but you know we did that 20 yards further up the pitch because of because of the substitutions we've made and as I say I'm not saying that me, we would have been there if we'd started those tiers because you can't be like that because I remember <coughs> the, having Roy Hudson in charge and the last 10 minutes of every game, we'd just pile men forward and go for it. And we'd all leave the game going, oh, if we just did that for the full game, we'd, you know, we'd, we'd be onto something here. It's how, it's, it's how the balance of football goes. But um, it, it, it's a shame, isn't it? Because I, I was talking in the office before, Ben, about how the really annoying thing about this whole thing is I ended up seeing Manchester United fans celebrate three times in the match mm. in a one-all draw where they had 32% possession or whatever because they celebrated their goal they celebrated when VAR confirmed their goal and then they celebrated when VAR disallowed our goal. And that's like that's basically unbearable. Like yeah. <laughs> but you know as much as I think they, they defended reasonably well and whatever and they set up quite smartly to, to, to yeah. counteract us, it all falls down on us, I think. You know, I think that that first half, we, you know, the amount of times the ball <coughs> went to the full backs and we'd pump it into the channel to the feet mm. of Origi. And periodically, maybe man, and maybe it might go to Firmino, and a combination of poor control or just you know lacking that next, the bravery to play the next pass, we fell flat. Yeah, and and I think I think you're right. I think we have to we do have to give Man United a little bit of credit for that because I think they again they may have seen the Sheffield United game where I thought again twice, the, the, twice yeah <laughs> yeah not once but twice yeah um, where where they did manage to like sort of take out take the fullbacks out of the equation. And I actually think Ole. For, you know, we slag him off, but I think he, he got his tactics spot on yesterday. I think he actually probably won the tactical battle out the you know across the game yeah. because we were Trent. Trent was crossing so many balls from just weird positions. Like he'd be thirty yards away and, and far too narrow, and it's just they've got two big centre backs in there. Harry Maguire's massive. You know, we we talked about. Um, I think it was the other week when Wolves were forcing Man City to go wide, and they're going, oh, "It's fine." Conor Coe's in there. You're just gonna, they're just gonna head things away. And it was the same for us yesterday. If you play long straight balls, either the goalkeeper's gonna come out and claim it, or the centre back's gonna head it away. We don't have big target men in there that are gonna do anything. Well, to, Chris to, mentioned to, it before about like the Robertson not being as fluid with um, Origi on the left. Similar with Trent with Mane yeah. on the on, on the right, you know we've we've got we've got ways of playing, and in the final third that precision is an important thing. And Trent Alexander Arnold is just doing his job in that you know if he's being teed up to a crossing position, he's going to take the cross on because he knows that he can he can mm. he can deliver the from those situations. But again, it comes back to become very garden variety and how we put, uh, approached it because it was just that was our plan, work it up. Get to that. I mean, Arsenal kind of did this to us as well. If you yeah. remember at Anfield, they went, "Go on, go for, get get the ball, cross the ball in all day, and we'll we'll eat these up." We'll not because you're not gonna 
Firmino's not going to win straight aerial battles against yeah. against centre halves. The ball has to be perfect, the timing has to be perfect, the run has to be perfect in order in order to do it. But it didn't really feel like we got Firmino in the game at all. Like you know, in the, in the way that we've seen him get involved, he didn't. It didn't feel as if he was dropping as deep. To be honest, I can't. Other than the opportunity he had in the first half, I can't really remember a period where he got himself on the ball and, and did something creative. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not watching it with the constant tactics head on that, that perhaps you might, Chris, or whatever, but like... Oh, singing laugh. No, true, true, <laughs> but, but I mean, but like, I don't know whether that's something that Man United did to nullify that or, or what, but for me, it just, it feels like, and, it, and to be honest, it feels like it happens a lot in the big games. I'm not, I don't want to criticise for me, you know, because I love him to bits, but it, it just feels like he struggles to, to make an influence on games like that more often than not. You've just personally. given credit to Solskjaer, when in fact you should have given it to Sarah's Ferguson. He gave the team or feeling. Oh yeah, who was, was the only one on the I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, give, I didn't give credit to Oliver Solskjaer. I gave credit to Man United. I didn't say anything. The collective. Did literally say Oliver Solskjaer. Ben. Did fine. I? Dig up. Yeah. Dig up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Right. Doesn't matter. No, no, but I think. But no, look. We're going to give credit to Klopp for tactical things. You've got to give credit to. Them. Look, I think this is the thing. Again, it comes down to it. I find it hard to give credit to it because for me, that's not Manchester United. But it is. My, but that is the Manchester United that there. So he's entitled to set his team up anyway. He wants and his his mission there, Chris. Ultimately, and look, we don't want to talk too much about Man United because it's, you know we're Liverpool fans. But the his mission there is not to get battered, and and maybe look to do what they did. You know, they they could they came very close to 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 nicking a one nil win there. And but it's interesting. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. And someone said, like, how do you beat Liverpool? The way you beat Liverpool is either via a dodgy VAR decision, or you stick a thunder, or you stick a thunderbolt out of nowhere in. And it was the former, or wasn't it? I thought the the standard of refereeing in that game was absolutely fucking abysmal. And it feels I hate doing this because we only ever do this when we drop points. We very rarely go back and discuss terrible officiating when you've won because you're too happy. Um, but I thought Martin Atkinson had an absolute shocker, and we're back here once again where it's not VAR's fault. VAR is not at fault here. Once again, it's 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 how it's being used is is. Is the problem? Yeah, I think look, Start with any, any any time you you're talking about a referee and one manager saying he's had a terrible game and one manager saying he's had a good game, you probably need to wonder what's happened to the referee. I think, regardless, if there's a split opinion on it, then he's then he's he's probably not refed it very well. Yeah. Um, I think if both if both managers go, yeah, ugh, it was a it was a bit against us, then you know that it's probably about fair. But like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer literally gave him like fucking man of the match or something, you know what I mean? He went he went out of his way twice to talk about how good the referee was and how he deserved praising. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous if you ask me. And you know, I, I just felt like he refereed challenges differently for different sides. Yeah. And I think you know he let challenges go when it was Manchester United, and I'm all for letting challenges go. But I think you've got to let them go for both sides. Yeah. And. And he didn't do that. You know, every time we maybe had a slight niggle, it was pulled. When they did, it wasn't. And I, I've got, I, I genuinely know it. I'm not asked if the, if the ref wants to let challenges go for both sides. I'm absolutely cool with that. Yeah. But don't do it differently for both sides, is what, what I'm what saying. Was it, what was it like? Because I was used watching it on the, the telly compared to I was watching it in the, in the ground. It felt to me, I don't even know, did we get a free kick in the first half? Because it certainly didn't It certainly didn't feel that way. I don't think so. I think there was one in the second half and it was obviously... A chorus of cheers after that, but yeah, I think yeah. I think you, you bang on. You see like little niggles and stuff. Go, you going that's not a free kick, but then you see like a tug on Marnie or something like that, and he's it felt off like Marnie and Origi got yeah, and, 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 and they got yeah. no change out of that. I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. You know, let it go, 
But like, I know you come on to the, the, the goal for Manchester United in a minute. That that foul on Origi that, what, that he didn't give, he gave four or five of them to Manchester Ox United. Ox had one in the second yeah, half. He, gave, that was he gave four given, or five yeah. of them to Manchester United for exactly the same thing. That, that didn't lead to a goal. I understand he left it to go to VAR and, and to see what happened. But he just felt everything was soft. And I know there's the narrative that you know he's, he's from Manchester and like you know it was never going to happen. But it's just, he got into your head at one point and you're going, that's a foul, and he's going. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, Wasn't there a stat like something of the, of the nine games that we've dropped points in in the Premier League? Well, recently he's ref like four of them or something that. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is a really high percentage for yeah. one referee. Yeah. Um, the VAR stuff's crazy because I think you know, <laughs> I think Klopp summed it up really, really well. It's you're in a vicious circle at the moment. Where What's a vicious circle look like? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the referee's letting it go because he knows he's got the fallback of VAR yeah. and VAR isn't wanting to overrule the referee. So, rawr, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a big issue, actually, yeah. um, because it just means that the right decisions aren't getting made. And, you know, look, I'll be, I'll be totally blunt and, and, and honest. If that was against me, if, if I was a Man United fan, I'd be like, that's fucking nothing, you know what I mean? But there clearly is a kick on, is that? Uh, clearly is a kick on him. The lad doesn't take the ball and Origi goes down. It's probably a soft foul, but it probably, a soft foul still includes the word foul. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was the fact that, like, yeah, it's just, there's nothing from Akins. He doesn't, he doesn't, React to it in any in any way, shape, or form. And if it's right though, because Klopp keyed the stress in his post match, which is what you're talking about, Chris. He's Klopp's interpretation of it, and I don't know whether he's whether he's just that's him putting himself into it, or he knows this for the fact. Is that is that Martin Atkinson has decided to let it run, knowing that he's got VAR to back him up, you know, and let let the play let the play run. But either right at the moment, it has to be. We're not seeing VAR overturned things. We're not seeing VAR overturning refereeing decisions. Not on subjective decisions. Exactly, but everything's a fucking subjective decision. Handballs has. With the exception of <laughs> <but, but, but, laughs> that. But that's the point. But that's the point, is that they've said that. If it's such a standard, it's, it's, you know, they've, they've, they've got clarification on that. But in terms of what is a foul and what is not a foul, did it, they, everything, is, everything becomes subjective. So the, and we're not seeing any my of those issues, being overturned. My issues with that is, if it is a subjective decision and VAR is saying it's a subjective decision, I think Atkinson should take another look at it. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, that's the thing because VAR has said there is something but we don't want to overturn you we want to make sure you get the right decision and at that point the referee can go over and if he looks at it and goes I'm letting them go this game that's fine I disagree with him I think it's still a foul I think it's a soft foul as I've mentioned but at least the referee's had another look yeah. he's not just decided no it's fine fuck it let's yeah. just carry on Yeah. I know it, it just feels very very strange doesn't it and it, and it felt to me like it was going to be yeah, I was relatively confident that it was going to be pulled back, but so was Gary Neville. Did you hear his commentary? No, he was like, "That's getting pulled back. That's a foul on Origi." And when Gary Neville's saying that, you, you pretty much know it's a foul. Don't I think you? he said reiterated it after the game as well. But like I said before it comes about the consistency. Like you like said, it that's a that's a foul. So were the four or five beforehand, yeah. which which you let go. Like make your mind up what, what is a foul, what's not a foul. And that's the thing, and, and maybe maybe that's why it's not been given because of this whole clear and obvious error stuff. Because I've had loads of people tell me, "Well, it's not a foul," and that is the thing. It's not cynical. It's not particularly. It's not particularly aggressive tackle. It's not a booking. It's nothing like that. But you see, 
You see a hundred of those given across a Premier League weekend and nobody bats an eyelid when they're given. So it's a foul, that's all it is. Matter Fabinho and all that, have them given against them all game because that's kind of what happens in that situation. Mm. That's what's meant to happen. We don't agree, because you end up in a debate about like, because the reason it becomes more subjective is you've got people with these like nostalgic view of what a tackle is. Mm. So if you ask those people, well, they're going to say, well, no. It's not. That's just good old fashioned, good old fashioned footy. Well, it make it's made subjective by the fact that people have a different, you know, yeah, wish, the, belief, the, or the, desire to see things. The, be the problem is with, with with that view. A tackle is a man getting the ball. That, that that's what it is. A, t- yeah. a tackle isn't a man kicking a calf. Yeah. You know, whether you think it's it hurts him, whether you don't, whatever. The lad didn't get the ball. We talked but he about did get the man. We were talking about this on the drive up, and we did we did it on the radio as well about like the the way it's being used in the rugby. Things look things equally look more like a foul, but also less like a foul in slow motion. And what I mean by that is you can see that there's contact, but the the, the brutality or the physicality of it is taken away from it when you when you show it in slow motion. When you watch it, because when you watch that reason, it looks soft. It looks very, very soft because you watch it in slow. Oh, look! He's barely touched them as the as the 20, minus twenty speed mm. slow motion replay shows you making contact with the, with the calf. But you, he's blindsided. The guy comes up to him, kicks him, and kicks him in the calf. You see it at full speed. It looks far more of a foul because uh, it is a foul. Um, that was the first thing. As soon at full speed. I, before obviously the goal was in, I can remember it so vividly. I went, "That's a foul," and then they go on and score. And I turned to my dad and went, "That'll be chalked off that." Yeah. And I was so I was so confident because at full speed, it's just it is just the type of foul that's given in the Premier League. It's not that's our job all it to is. say whether it, whether the football's mm. gone too soft. Yeah. And blah blah blah. It blah, blah. It's not enough to send him over. That was yeah. a phrase I heard. It's not enough to send him over. Well. It's still a foul. He doesn't. Did you write your spot on it? It's still a foul. He doesn't get the ball. And, yeah. and, expect, and sort of forwards go over. Yeah. And as I say, we've seen that all, all game long where you just a defender from behind, you just go and you're putting pressure on the man, you're making sure he's got no time, and you get a bit clumsy. We're not saying, no one's sat here saying it's a, delib- it's a deliberate foul or it's a, you know, there's anything. Foul. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing like super cynical about it. That's just how you defend those mm. situations. You get tied to them, you give them a bit of, you know, bit of physical contact just to let them know you're there. Try and put them off the touch or whatever, and and you know again we saw it happen all the but it just didn't feel and maybe this is just Liverpool bias and it could well be it didn't feel as though any of those decisions went our way in the first half and they all they all seemed to go in in, in Man United's favour and then the the I mean my worst fears were realised in that like I've seen that happen you know when you celebrate a goal Chris and you go absolutely mad and then you've got to live in the world where. You've then got to stand in the stadium when that gets chalked off and watch them all give it back, give it beans back to you. Having been, I was throwing V's everywhere, (laughs) 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 trying to make eye contact with as many Man United fans. I was just focused on one guy in a green coat. I did not look at him when it got chalked off. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. It's genuinely, genuinely horrible. Um, Yeah, because I say, effectively, they got to celebrate it. Get got to celebrate a Liverpool goal, which is bizarre. Um, I had no clue what that was for. Again, no, at the know. time. I mean, how could you possibly in in the game in the ground? There's no way you know that that's what that's what we were saying. It might be for a might be for a foul, might be for Manny tugging them or or whatever. Um, but here's the point: if they're saying that a touch of, a touch of a hand is 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 the counting that as handball, then I can I can kind I, of shrug that off. I, I yeah, I look, listen by the by the letter of the law, it isn't it isn't a goal. But why, if it touches the defender's hand, is it not a penalty? 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why have they got two rules for what team you're playing on the defence or yeah. the, the offensive side? I think, why, why is that? I, I, the, I mean, I'm just telling you. <laughs> no, what I've, but I think, I think the reason is if it, it, it's led directly to a goal. So if it's a normal handball in the middle of the park, it's not necessarily, it's still a subjective decision. It's still not necessarily a foul. But because, but that, I think the, by the letter of the law now, they're seeing it as, well, he's gained advantage, it's led directly to a goal, therefore. Well, what it's about not, if. Ben, you're not the official voice of this, so oh, don't no. feel like oh, God, Chris no, yeah. is about to slaughter yeah. you for this. <laughs> right. But you're just here. Yeah. So so the, defender Come on, ben. the defender accidentally touches it 30 passes later, Manchester United scored a goal. Because it didn't lead directly to the goal. But it, but they got possession because he accidentally touched the ball yeah, with look, his hand. I mean, accidentally, it's fucking true. But no, it's Chris is dead right. You think it's all you want. It's not, but it's not. <laughs> it does directly it lead, lead to the goal. But yeah. no, it doesn't in the same way. It's not, Why? It's, because 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 there's several phases of play, and you know, I'm, I'm not defending Man United. I'm saying there's a handball in the box. Why is it if I'm playing in a Liverpool shirt, different rules to I'm playing in a Manchester United? The shirt. point. I think the better way playing football. Yeah, whether Chris, whether Chris gives a shit about phases of play or not is irrelevant. The point is, is that in, in, let's use an example of in that instance. Let's say it's who's the defender? Is it Lindelof the defender? Or is it McGuire? So let's say it makes the same contact with Lindelof, and that just fraction of it just takes it away from Mane. You're dead right. That in that in that particular instance, that's what that's one instance. That touch of the ball has a significant impact as whether it directly leads to a goal because you can argue it's directly leading to. Not a goal, if that if that makes sense. You're dead right that that's if if that's the case, then that is absolutely that is stupid. But yeah, I don't. I honestly, I don't know. I think I, 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 we're here. I'm not, I'm we're like, here having a fucking want, debate they, about fucking. If they want to say shit debate about accidental bar, handball is handball, I'm fine with that. Hmm. But why are they saying accidental handball only counts if you're attacking? Yes. No, I know it's mad. I didn't even I didn't even realise that was that was it was again. It's I haven't seen the handball from Lindelof. I, I just saw it. Was, no, no, there wasn't one, but he's saying it. Oh, right, okay. It was an equivalent. Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. Right, okay, right. Well, I don't know them. 
It just, it's no like one they've just them. decided there's two different rules around handball, depending yeah. on what side you're Stop on. Stop looking at Ben when you're saying it. It's not Ben who's doing no, it. Why have they done this? There you go. It's mad. Blame it's the like, audience It's not instead. even like the Premier League. It's, it's as like much FIFA. everyone at home's fault as it is Ben's It's fault. FIFA. It's like, why, why have you done this? That's bollocks, mate. Like um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby's chance. Uh, Ross is the best chance of the, the first half. Um, I, 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 I thought Bobby Firmino was shit. I he, I, particularly... It, particularly in the first half, he typified everything that was kind of everything that wrong with well, not everything that was wrong with us because I don't think he lacks bravery because probably for me, he always tries stuff. But the other side of things is that the sloppiness just not your touch needs to be tight, everything needs to go your way. When you're already talking about you've got a really player on the left, you've got Manny playing at, 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 or not out of position, but not in the position he plays the most footy for us in the guy who's in his position needs to be the one who was 100% on it and he absolutely wasn't in that, in that half yeah it shows well because when, he, when he's on form he makes everyone else tick as well doesn't yeah. he I, I thought he was sloppy in possession as with everyone else his first chance he had where he absolutely just twatted it and like he could have had taken more touches or you know let other people come into play um, just typified it really and I think it was also difficult for him with the fact that you know you said five at the back of the night before it was seven at times yeah. and he's like basically you know, on his own with two people there wasn't much support for him so um, you know until he dropped deep in the second half and we brought those other people on I think he, he got involved in the game he had some people to kind of play off that's his game isn't it but um, I think he, I think he missed Salah and I think you know the, again the way United set up credit to them yeah it's, it's a shame because the problem is against in those kind of games I think if we come up against like a a really good opponent in that you can you can do a tactical job, can't you? Because you can go right. We're missing Salah, so we're gonna we're gonna find a way to engineer a game. But in those games, the onus is on us to go and win, and those fine margins become the, become a, become a problem for us. But second half, we switched things around a little bit, didn't we, Chris? And you know, Henderson kind of went more right midish. We just pushed him. We basically just pushed him further up and go go and get involved because. I, again, I think at first half he wasn't doing what we've what we've come to expect from Henderson in 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 the, in the more advanced midfield role. I don't think he was particularly. I don't think he was brilliant in the in, in, in when he was pushed there, but he certainly was more involved in things. Yeah, I think it was, his positioning, you know, was just much better, and it helped the team. I think yeah. ultimately, you know, for me, uh, he probably pushed Ashley Young back a little bit further, which probably created a little bit more space. Yeah. We started getting crosses deeper, don't we? Yeah, start? and and. You can understand why, and you know it was, it was very clever actually by by Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to play that three at the back with the with the wing backs because it meant that they could get out to the crosser much quicker. You know they don't have as much ground to cover, but certainly second half we did pin them back more, and you know ultimately it's that change of formation that means Lallana's in a really good area for his goal. Yeah. You know he's, he takes up Henderson's position when he comes on in the field, yeah. and he, he thinks about it slightly differently, and he's making a run back stick, doesn't he? But um, yeah, I didn't think Henderson had a very good game. I expect a little bit more out of the captain at Manchester United away, if I'm honest. I think, no doubt. I mean, again, I'm, you can't help but be influenced by the shouts and people are calling people shit houses around you. If a pair makes you thinking, but I don't, dis- I don't disagree in those things. I think you needed Klopp talked um, Ben about these games where you need to match the intensity mm-hmm. and then show your football on top. And actually, I don't think we really did either of those things. I think there's a couple of times when. It's not going to hurt to just put. I don't want to go like a, a, a put a reducer in or whatever. But you know, you just want to you want to see a little bit more and a combination of not quite being physical enough and then not being right technically. It leaves you with not. It leaves you with nothing. That's that's how you end up with the crowd on top of you. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know why. I I expected us to take the game to them more than we did from the off. Really, I mean, you know, I don't know whether. 
he was looking to keep it tight for the first half, maybe to 70 minutes and then do what we did anyway and, and try and nick a 1-0 that way. I don't know whether that was the overall game plan, but for me, particularly when I saw the teams come out and it was kind of like you know, when, when you see the team side by side and you, you see the names and you go, we just should be beating them. And yeah. that was the thing, but we didn't do enough for me then to go, it, sh- it should have been our place, top of the league, 17 wins in a row, to go, well, we should just we should just win this. We yeah. should just go out and 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 do the job and 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 showcase that we're the, the better side. And we never really seem to get going. And, and that maybe links back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with the mental block at Old Trafford or whatever. But for me, you know, when you, when you when you look weighing it up pound for pound, Liverpool should have had a lot more intensity, particularly from the midfield. I think that was possibly the most disappointing aspect about yesterday. Not not winning the midfield battle. You yeah. know, if you yeah. if you're talking about Scott McTominay. You know, yeah. he's he's nothing. You know, and we, we you you've got the likes of Fabinho in there, who's a six foot five six beast who should be dominating that midfield. I didn't think he had a particularly good game, but the drive from Henderson and Wijnaldum wasn't there yeah. for me, and I think that was one of you those need, disappointing you things. Needed, you need players to show something yeah. in that situation, and that's why Salah's great because you just you need moments of excitement. You need players who go, "Here's how you lead the way." And it's funny because we keep referencing James Milner in the MK Dons game, but like it was because it was so stark. Because here's the senior lad, and he's showing the kids how to do it, and then the kids start doing it off the back. But you do, you need, you just need one lad just to just to break with the rhythm of the game and show and show to lead the way. And that was that was the issue. And that's going to be the issue, Ross. I think in these games at times, and that's why this Jeffrey United game it, it matches up for me so so very well. For, for, same Fabinho, Fabinho, Henderson, Wan Alden was better, but again, I think he, he faded as the game went on. You need to. We talk about grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. In that instance, it's just saying I'm not going to play the simple ball. I'm not going to go back to the keeper. I'm going to I'm going to fizz it into feet, someone's feet, or I'm just going to stride forward. I'm going to take it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to try and roll the man, and I'm going to take it forward. And the times we looked most exciting in that game, Mane did it a couple of times first half. And, and then, obviously, when we got the more attacking players on in the second half, the help of that. When the game gets bogged down, we feel, I think the midfield feel like they're doing a good job. They're winning the midfield battle. They're doing their job. They're recycling possession. They're not losing it. Everything's kind of fine. But it needs that. Going back to what you're saying, you need that spark. Maybe you need it. We don't need a... We don't necessarily need a creative... You know, like a number ten. You know what I mean, like a like a a, a Christian Eriksen or a, an Erzl or whatever. But you do need someone. You could use the words you box. used before. I mean, you know, you said brave, yeah, and and Klopp says predictable. Well, you need an unpredictable yeah. or a brave player in those situations, probably, don't you? Yeah. The one for me is the one that you just mentioned. There it was a surprise. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing that James Miller didn't start that game. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about putting a reducer in. James Miller's capable of doing that. Yeah. Technical ability. James Miller's capable of doing that. The um, you know composure, James Miller, particularly in the first half, we were, everyone was stopping in possession. Yeah. But I think James, James Miller brings that composure and experience into games like that. And the fact that I think Henderson played most of England's game on Monday, yeah. whereas James Miller's had a two-week break. And I'm yeah. thinking that's that's the, I was surprised that he didn't he didn't start that game. Obviously, he must be nailed on for Wednesday or there's something up with him. Exactly. But I think going into experience into a, a high-pressure game, we knew Old Trafford were going to be up for it. United were going to be up for it. I think he brings something else in, in that sense. I get he's not as creative as the other ones that you just said you need, but you don't te- necessarily need that in those games. I think he, he's got the experience to lead people and everyone else to calm down as well. Yeah, I've got no problem with, with him playing that midfield three no, no, from no. the start of the game. My, I think my big thing was I was surprised at how Manchester United set up and I think they were probably surprised with how Manchester yeah. United set up. I, I, we were doing um, Five Live and, you know, 
we were talking to Flex from uh, the United stand, weren't we? And I think I said to him, I, I think it'd be crazy for Ollie to change it up massively in this game. Because if you change it up massively, Liverpool are playing the same way they've played for two years, pretty yeah. much. Manchester United going it with a couple of days training. Well, fuck me, they, they did it really well. Yeah. They looked like a well-oiled machine in the formation that they were playing, and I think... You know, they simplified the game, didn't they? They did, yeah. They actually changed it, but they changed it the, weirdly the other way. They gave themselves far more. They gave them another an extra man in defence, but obviously gave the, you've got the two of so they have, they have a bit more of a counter-attack in outlet so yeah they made a big change without it being like it's not like you, I think your point was absolutely spot on if they all of a sudden go to 4-3-3 and they're trying to go toe-to-toe with Liverpool we'd have absolutely we'd have absolutely destroyed them there so it goes back to it I think they've, they've handled it well I want to one moment I want to talk about in the game um, arguably Liverpool's <laughs> best defender for the last nine <laughs> months um, very nearly had to pack his bags and, and, and find a free transfer off somewhere else um, Joel Matip if you're watching Joel which you're probably not don't put the ball out of play, you dickhead. Don't care. I don't. I genuinely don't care. Like, is, it, is, it, is it James who's down? I don't give a fuck, mate. It's not on you to put the ball out of play. We don't put it out of play because we're, we're dickheads now, and that's fine. I, I love that. Um, the Does, ball goes back to United, and they've got the chance to put it out, and they don't. Twice. Yeah. That's therefore, it couldn't be any less. The referee's not stopped the game and United aren't putting the ball out of play. Don't you fucking dare put the ball out, you absolute idiot. Uh, I love I love Joe Matter, but I think he was crazy and I thought he had a decent game, all told. But that kind of moment, we were, it was working in our favour. You know, we were riling them up. You know, it was just, it was, it was getting our fans up and everything. And Joe Matter was completely and utterly just cut the legs off us by deciding to be a good man. Don't to, be a good man, be a great man. To add to that as well, he'd already blown up five minutes earlier because James was winded. Mm. Wasn't, and that's, that's the reason that he was down the first time and he blew up. we lost position for that as well. That's the even more reason just to carry on and keep the ball. He's fine, unless it's a head injury, carry on playing. It's and a, that's on the referee to stop. It's play. on the referee, yeah, but before that, he thought it was a head injury and he was winded yeah. and we stopped, stopped the flow of our game when we were starting to get back into it. Um, did, Henson, he, did he sit him on his knee? And... Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, I think Henson went, went mad at him. A few other players went mad at him as well, yeah. and, and rightly so. You don't do that, and it's something that we got so much better at. Like you said, of you know, two years it ago, it fed into my notion of of shit in the bed. That's what yeah. it felt like. It mm. felt like why, why, what, what, what's, what's the process? There? Oh no, I'm sorry, lads. I've got to kick it out. You don't have to kick it out. No other fuckers kicking it out. Don't be so fucking weak. Don't be so mentally weak that you feel that you know, the pressure's on you to be the one to do it. Mm. And the problem is when you have those incidents in the game, you then start to tally up all the times where we've not been strong in the tackle and someone's not done this and not done that. And it feels like a cumulative thing. And Liverpool not, not we we need to be we still need to be better at that stuff. We're not we need to be better at being the bad guys. I think it's something we've got loads better at, though, to be fair. Oh, we have it's done. time wasting stuff, but that, that, it is one we're game to be a prick at. Yeah, that game. But we're, we're entering into the fucking pit of fucking of, of, of the, the, the dark, soupy, primordial ooze of the dark arts. It's where it was fucking birthed from is Old Trafford. You can't go into Old Trafford and not have that because that's where we fall off. We fall off. I've watched much worse Liverpool teams fall foul of that. If we want to be truly elite, then you can't. This is where you, this is the. That's where you test it. You don't, don't, don't cower in the face of of, of being there. Like you I mean, it's it, James was really doing it himself wild. anyway. I mean, the first one in particular, 
I mean, obviously he's winded and the referee clearly thinks it's a head, head injury so he stops the play. But he's fine because when you see the replay, I don't know if you've seen the close with him, he, he goes down, the first one's from Virgil, and he looks and he watches what happens and then he, he decides to stay down because we've got the ball and he does it again for the second one as well. So he's fine. And, and I almost felt like, say, to be fair, he did get up with a nosebleed within the second one. So, so you know, there was something. But even so, Man United... They, they could have put the ball out to it, and that was the frustrating thing. If we get the ball and there's something clearly wrong with him and you put him out, put it out straight away, then f- almost fair enough. The play but, goes on, but the play goes on another couple of minutes. Man United have two opportunities to put it out. We're chasing the game. Yeah, yeah. We're chasing the game, and I've got no problem. As much as I hated being on the receiving end of it, if, if it goes out for a goal kick and David De Gea wants to take every possible second and take that goal kick, fine, because we do that. You know, that's just, that, you, that's just one of those things that you can't have an impact over. But when you're you are taking you are you're just taking time out of the game that you're chasing. It's stupid. It's fucking stupid. And like I say, I, like I, won't, I, I and I've said me bit, and I, I'm over it now. But the, you know, the it's one of those things that like it, it, I, I, I never want to see us do that again. I'm I'm glad that we've become assholes in some regards because we've become we've, we've become so much better. This I've seen us go away to Sellers Park and not kick the ball out, and you can just the, the foam at the mouth, brilliant. That's that's what we should we should be doing. Man United made a career, made it a success of themselves by being the bad guys. Everyone hates us anyway, so we might as well we might as well be assholes. And and again, oh Man United fans are going to fall out with us. Great, great. I don't want I don't want to get a round of fucking half limp dick round of applause for being sportsmen, good sportsmen off Man United fans. Fuck that. I want three points. Yeah, I want three points. I, I, I don't understand it to be honest with you and I'm glad that Hendo went over and screamed in his face yeah. to be honest because I think you know 3,000 travelling fans were screaming at him as well for that one like David De Gea has a chance to put it out Ashley Young has a chance to put it out neither of them do they know James is a diving little shit <laughs> and they're not putting it out so why the fuck should we have to no, he wins they win you, he wins that. he wins by doing that and he, get, he gets credit for, for, for again for he's using the dark art he's playing the game and we're not we're allowing him to look better and by the time all that sorry sorry Ross by the time all that's done those two stoppages we're at 65 and it's like because because it was a couple of minutes for the first one and by the you know obviously by the time the play gets going again you start sort of moving and so I'm I'm looking up the clock going Where's that twenty minutes just yeah. gone? Oh, it's gone down. Dan- it's gone up Daniel James's ass because he decided to sit and. Joe Matip's a lucky. Joe Matip. Look, whatever. Yeah. Joe Matip is a lucky. So? He's a lucky lad that we've not lost. I that mean, game, the, the, the big talking point for me is when we first time in Old Trafford, the, ca- the clock counts down. You know. I was thinking uh, about this. Like, it, it, does me, it was doing me nothing. I was like... That's why you can't see the five-minute stoppage time when they need a winner. But yeah. you're like... It's like it starts at 45 and counts down and you're like... And I didn't notice to begin with and I was like, fucking hell, that 35's come faster. <laughs> and I was like, is that clock counting down? Paul? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, genuinely fucking hell. Ma- genuinely mentioned it like three times during the game. So you're like, oh, fine, you're shaking your head to yourself. Like, <laughs> been done again, looked up the clock. I'm like, no, no. no I, I wondered about that. I wondered whether it's just part of that psychology of like, you feel your time ebbing away, like to try and get mm-hmm. something against, against Manchester United. You ti- like it's like having a count. It's a countdown timer, isn't it? You're watching the egg timer and the the sand sink out, and that's, your, that's so your time. It was so confusing. Yeah. Like. Um, substitutes wise, um, Chris, I thought Oxley Chamberlain best game, best game in Liverpool shirt since his, since his injury. I think he, did, I think he did brilliantly when he came on, and again, it's all the things that we were he was kind of talking about before about getting a midfielder on the ball who. Whose first thought wasn't let's play it to a fullback in mm. space, yeah. you know, on the halfway line. His first 
thought was look up where are the lads in front of me how can i get the ball into their feet is it on yes i'll play it if it's not then go to, to the default at the fullbacks and stuff but you know he just looked like he was ready for it and you know first time he has that shot with i think it's with his right foot something like that then he has a shot with his left foot and he comes close on both occasions and, and he really changed the game for me and mm. You know, he showed probably Naby when he came on how to get involved in the game quickly and stuff. And yeah, really, really good cameo from Auction. I think he's pushing for a start now, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think all, all the subs, Ross, I mean, look again, you, you handle social media. I've seen a couple of like tweets after the fact. Uh, including one from um, from our, from our good mate Andy Andy Grant. The, um, <laughs> the He's fucking loads. Yeah, but um, not as good as Grant. No. Surely, <laughs> I guarantee you, my legs gonna grow back <laughs> if Adam Lallana comes comes in and does something in this game. Um, By next Friday as well, he timescaled it. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I can only imagine Twitter was an absolute cesspit when Adam. Lallana, and I said, I turned to Chris and went, "Oh look, here comes Adam Lallana for all the heads to roll off on social media." Yeah, funny enough, it happened last season as well. I think we were talking about it last week when we. We played Burnley, he started, yeah. everyone, you know, heads fell off, he scored a goal and then he didn't start the next game and everyone moans and it comes back to the thing of, of having the squad and we only see things on face value. Yes, he's deteriorated, yes, he's not the Adam Bellano three, four seasons ago when he, you know, he was leader of the press and probably one of the best player in Klopp's side because that's where the team was. He's not there now, he's there for, for coming on that and I think probably the substitutions were good because I think coming back from injuries and stuff like that, the good impact subs. You know, you could argue, I said before, you start creating midfield, starting Chamberlain in hindsight might have been a good thing, but it might have been difficult because he's trying to start a game. Same with Divock Origi, I think, you know, Origi's great, and they show glimpses, as you said, the first five, ten minutes have, have been decent from the start, but for me, he's much better when everyone else is shattered. Mm. You know, maybe Chamberlain was good because everyone else was knackered yeah. and, and mentally and physically. Yeah, Same yeah. with Navi come on, go, go, make, go make something happen. Um, but I think that was really clever from Klopp, and, you know, he, he sees Lallana training week in, week out, we don't, and again, you know, I know Twitter's not a barometer of things to judge things by, but everyone goes, oh, prick, you know, he's it's, coming on, he's causing, and everyone's deleting it. We talk all the time, and we, the, 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 the Lallana tear, you know, we, we say it with a bit of, like, a bit of a smirk, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a, with a bit of an edge to it, I think, at times, Rossi, but he, he turns forward, you know, he's, mm. he's constantly looking to be on the front foot. People think about him, I think, as being a bit, he's not, he's not fast, is he? And he's not going to do that turn, then he's not going to burst, past the man and accelerate into space and cause all kinds of havoc. But in tight games like that, when there isn't space to run into anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. You just need a lad who's capable of... He makes his own space with his close control. And as I said, that, that positive attitude to go on the pitch and try and influence things. He doesn't score enough goals. He doesn't get enough assists. But, you know, to be fair, he gets the goal. You know what I mean? So it's all, all credit to him. But what he does, and again, all three substitutes typified this... The all lads who just want to get the ball moving forward. They don't want to dawdle on it. They don't want to, you know, have, have five touches when when one will do. No, I think you know I, I take the piss out of his quick turns all the time, but it's some of the quick feet. And as I said before, when a team's mentally and physically shattered, it's hard to to monitor that and hard to you know, yeah. keep hold of him. If he makes you know half a yard of space, which he's capable of doing by you know with, with quick feet and quick touches, you know we can put it through to someone else. Likewise with Nami Kaita, you know, for the goal. He goes to go and play it left and goes, no, I won't do it. Comes inside a little bit and then creates another five, ten yards for Robertson on the left-hand yeah. side and, and and then works it in. But it's having that that composure that the fresh mind's coming in. You know, it's effective and as well as going forward. But I don't think you get that with a, a genial hando. But you don't. You need that at the beginning of the game. These are the games where, aren't they, Ben? Where, look, Man City, 
fare really well in, in situations like this because ultimately when you've got just got those extra again cop to use cops win unpredictable footballers lads who, who who invent things on the pitch you're gonna have a better chance of, of of creating stuff in the in the final third when when the backs when your backs are, the, are to the wall their backs are to the wall and I think, again it's a massive credit to, to Naby to Ox and to Adam Lallana because I referenced it, I think, in the IMR, but certainly in conversation with Krista. We kind of had this against Man City in the Charity Shield as well. We threw those lads onto the pitch mm. and we just looked so much more dangerous for it. And I still believe, you know, there's going to be plenty of games where we play Wijnaldum, Henderson or Milner, plus Fabinho, because I think you, you, our, the best Liverpool is still using the full-backs to, to create things. It's still having the best front three. But there's a stronger and stronger case being made for... This is what you know. This is these lads are going to be able to deliver in games where we do need to go up that extra gear. Yeah, um, I think it, you know, and the introduction of a, a Cater or a Chamberlain, and there's no guarantees by the way, because recency bias is what it is. Because you go, it's it's so easy now to go. Well, if we just start Cater against against Tottenham, then you know that'll be a completely different midfield, and maybe it is time for a bit of a fresh up in the midfield, but. You know, Henderson and Wijnaldum at the, at the end of the day for me can be quite similar players. You know, both quite aggressive, both good on the ball with the passing. Maybe if we just add something different in there, you know, if you add somebody like Oxlade Chamberlain, who, again, as I said before, is just looking to take the game to, to, to the opposition a little bit more. Yeah. You, we do miss them driving runs. You know, if you think about the, the Ox goal against um, Manchester City in the league that season, where, you know, he gets the ball and he bursts forward. The amount of times we saw Cater do it, for, particularly for RB Leipzig, and we, we saw flashes of it last season when he did get, in, get a run of games. He was fantastic against Bayern Munich, where he was picking up the ball and he was just driving 10, 15 yards with it. And also his pass selection as well. You know, that, that ball for Robertson that he plays out that leads to the goal, he could play a few minutes a few seconds sooner but he holds on to it you know and it, and it was a period of the game where we were trying to bide our time we were, we were he pushing. was really composed yeah. he was the one who took the most touches yeah. and actually stood on the ball a bit more of all of them but at the same time Chris he also it was weird he just did it in a much more dynamic way than we probably had from the other the other lads leading to that yeah I, th I think that's exactly the way to use I think he is a dynamic player and he, he's unpredictable and he does things just slightly differently and poses different questions of defenders and I think both lads have mentioned it there and you know that holding of the ball just to make sure that Wambasaka comes back inside makes the five or six or whatever it was at that point again gives Robertson that space and you know I, I, I think he probably he's probably looking for, to play the ball into feet to somebody I think that's his first thought and as I mentioned earlier his second is okay well I'll pass it out wide for you uh -huh. um, but there are times when he starts slaloming on the ball and he, and he dribbles unlike most players in the league and I find that really interesting I do think that's what takes us to the next level I think what we've seen thus far this season is a Liverpool side who are playing exactly the same way as they played at the back end of last season and I think when Hopefully Naby is fit and firing and maybe Ox is back in this side. We will see a Liverpool side that play differently at the back end of this season to what we've seen at the start. Because it always happens, you always change, you're always morphing. And a lot of the times that is to do with the opposition. And right now it's looking like teams have found a way not to win against us, but to neuter and frustrate yeah. us at times. And Liverpool will need to find a way to counter that. And once once we've found a way to counter that, maybe that opens up the full-backs again in a few weeks' time and it's a back and forth and mm. cat and mouse, isn't it? Create more because the, look, they're set. If we're just if our thing is pass, 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 cross, you, you can get set because you're not you're not being pulled out of position. Now, obviously, players can pull out with, with different with bits of movements and what have you. But the second you you take a man on, 
It just throws a cat amongst the pigeons. It makes you think so because it opens up to a couple of things. It means that someone else has to engage. Because if you pass the man, it means the next person in line, has, they've got a choice. They've either got to stay where they are and stand the ground and either look to block something or, or whatever, or they've got to come and take on that, which then goes, well, hang on, who's then come for me? Which forces another defender to engage in, in, in that situation to, to, to cover for them. Or you maybe go past them. You increase the chance of being brought down. When we're just passing it sideways and moving it, you can't, you can't be fouled. Because there's no situation in which you're 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 able to be fathered. We're opening up a possibility where you maybe win a free kick twenty yards from goal and Trent's got a shot at goal, those kind of things. It just makes us more makes us more exciting and hopefully the, we have a bit more the, of that. The other thing we didn't do enough of, and maybe we haven't done enough of all season long, is, is get to the byline. I think that's what really stands us and City apart when I look at how the two teams attack. I think you know Trent's brilliant and Robert were absolutely superb, but when they're unable to get to the byline, we don't have wingers that do. You know, you, you very rarely see Salah get to the edge of the six-yard box at the byline and pull the ball back. It's what City scored the, the most tappings of any team yeah. because they get to the byline so often and pull the ball back. And they've been the doing that back. for 10 years. And they have. They're very, very good at it. And I just wonder whether, you know, Lalana and, and Keita and Ox, for as great an introduction as they were, we still never had... And I don't think we do have that one man who can just go and beat a man on the wing. And I, I really find that interesting that maybe we don't. The thing, I think I don't know it, why why we don't do it or why we've not looked for a guy like that. Yeah, I think the thing is though, Trent. We engineer those situations well, and it's easy for us to engineer those situations when Salah just is 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 there and he's tucked in a little bit more. So because Trent does Trent does a lot, you know. I mean, he's they look great the deep crosses and he's so good at deep crosses. But like, we we engineered quite a lot of those situations come the back end of that game, didn't we? Because we we were in a better a stronger position to do it. But you're right, we need to be. In those cases, you just need. I think you need to be braver. You know, you you've got to be careful and clock reference it because ultimately, all they've then got to do because they've got so much pace up front is just twatting into a corner, and they're gonna they're gonna cause a few you know stressful moments yeah. or what have you. But you do have to just go. You, you've got to overload. Man City have got no no fear of of doing that. I think we just need to get a little bit move out of our comfort zone. And I think this is probably the time of season where we're ready to take that evolution because we've done a great job till now. I want to talk about it on the gang, build up more, of course, just to pick up this this chat. But this is probably that point of the season where we've historically we historically start to stutter a bit. So this might be a good chance to to, to move on with it. Um, just briefly, then, just around the do the games happened at the weekend. Obviously, um, Spurs, um, the, the penalty, the penalties, the VARs, these decisions. I mean, I guess you guys are going to pick up on this on the round the league. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's another racism of VAR. It's a, yeah, it's one of we haven't done we haven't done VAR for a while, so let's um, let's just do that for for, for this week. And the FB <laughs> West Ham two 0 as well. I uh, I genuinely thought they were, this was going to be it was one of the other it was one of the other it was either going to be the end of Marco Silva, but the utterly collapse into the slightly better West Ham side. But they, I saw I was in I was in Old Swan on Saturday afternoon, Chris, and they were all. Bouncing out the pubs, big smiles on the faces. My brother come to ours, he looked like fucking Vince McMahon had walked through the fucking, <laughs> the fucking West Ham lads, you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking hell. And the worst thing is, they're five points off fourth, that's how bad this fucking league is. Or they were before we played anyway, yeah. Yeah, they will still be. Yeah, absolutely league. brilliant. Yeah, a bit more of the weekend uh, roundup will be happening on the Around the League show and podcast on the RedmenTV.com, so go over there, uh, sign up for that one. Um, also... Genk's next for us. The build-up show will be coming. Uh, we've got a live show in Liverpool City Centre on the night. Come and join us. Ticket info will be on the Twitter account. We'll put it in the info underneath. Um, have a good drink. Responsibly. Yeah, yeah we've got a good responsible 
drinking party, some live music, uh, watching the Mighty Red, some live shows from us as well. It's going to be a boss laugh. The tickets are just five pounds. I say information uh, below. And uh, yeah, thank you very much to the Athletic uh, for partnering with us on today's show and podcast, theathletic.co.uk forward slash RMTV60 to get that 60% discount in the flash sale and get some of the best writing in the world around Liverpool and sport in general right now. Thank you very much, Chance. It's been uh, as pleasurable as I think a 1-0, one all draw with Man United could possibly be. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you all very soon. ta -ra.